Live Inspired. That's the, the series that we're in right now, and that's also what's going to launch us throughout this next year. Uh, our, our theme verse that we're holding on to, uh, it'd be great if we all get this committed to memory. I actually have this in, to memory in another translation, so I'll get it committed in the English Standard Version, but I just love how it's worded here, and it's on the top of your notes. Uh, now to him who was able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. What a giant statement that is. According to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That as we talk about living inspired this next year, we want to hide God's word in our heart and we want to uh, keep stirred up in our hearts this realization that we serve a big God. You know, and as we step into 2024, we talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, there was even um, a prophetic word that uh, got sent over to me. And uh, literally, uh, I was, I, I've been thinking on the literary classic, A Tale of Two Cities, that begins, it was the worst of times, it was the best of times. And that was even something that was referred to in this prophetic word. And I just, I love when God um, uh, reinforces things that he's speaking in, in different seasons. And so, so whether that's something you're experiencing personally right now, uh, whether that's just an acknowledgement of the difficult circumstances in our world, know that God's desire for us as his children, as his people, is for it to be the best of times amidst even what could look like and be experienced as the worst of times. Come on, can you say amen? So, so when we talk this year about living inspired, it's going to be grabbing a hold of the things that we can uh, walk out in our lives so that we can stay thriving despite all the world is throwing, all the enemy is throwing, all that circumstances might be wanting to press in on us. So we last week wrapped up the year it was really beautiful. I really enjoyed a gathering uh, at the end of service, praying together. Uh, we wrapped up talking some reflection on 2023 and then talked about the importance of vision. And I just want to real quickly recap uh, the, the points that we looked at regarding vision. We said that vision, uh, that we need to cultivate a vision, uh, that is uh, pursue, foster, nurture vision. We said that we need to stoke the vision like you stoke a fire, that is to add fuel, to keep it uh, burning, to tend uh, to it. We need to protect vision. It's good for us to write it down. Uh, we have to be intentional with vision. Like, what does it translate to? What do we need to do and not do? Who do we need to be and not be? And then we said it's great for us to cast vision to others because it strengthens us. There's always greater clarity as we're sharing it. There's accountability as we share vision. And you want to know what? It just might inspire somebody else to run full on after God as well. We said that there's vision problems that we as human beings can encounter. Blindness, nearsightedness, farsightedness, and hindsightedness. And we had an opportunity to gather here at the altar and say no to any places where our, our vision was uh, out of line and where God would want to tune it up and recalibrate our vision. We also said that uh, vision is, uh, is most important for us in regard to three areas, who God is, who we are, and where we're going. 
And oftentimes when vision gets broken or damaged or there becomes vision problems, it can be in one of those three areas. Then finally, uh, we said that there's three areas that we want to be seeking God for fresh vision in this next year. And we talked about vision on the personal front. What is God saying to us uniquely and personally? Then we talked about on the vocational front. And vocation is uh, really just sort of a fancier word for the job that we do throughout the week. You know, so we might have some, some that are stay-at-home moms, most important job in the world. Can anybody else say amen? Right? For all of our kids, uh, you know, students might be, well, what I do full-time, Monday through Friday, I go to school. Well, that's your vocation, you know? So what does God want to do in, in this season and through your vocation, what you're putting your hand to? And then we said, of course, then ministry. And I separated them out for us to seek and pursue, but really all three of those dovetail together. What does God want to do personally, vocationally, and in regard to uh, ministry that he's called us to? So, so with that, uh, if you you weren't here last week, that's a real quick summary of what was about 45, maybe a little bit longer uh, in the service that I spoke about. If you missed it, it, it would be, uh, you know, if your heart is being stirred up on, on these topics, you can go back and you can see the podcast or you can watch it and, and, and then just pursue a little deeper what I just mentioned. So, amen. All right. Seat belts buckled. All right, so let's talk now. We're, we're going to be over the next several weeks looking at different aspects. The preaching team here, we're going to be looking at different aspects of living inspired. Some things that are more kind of like big picture vision stir our heart, and then some that are just intensely practical. All of it together to help us get out of the gate on the front end of this year and really run after God living an inspired life. So, so this really today is, let's say it's Inspiration 101. So, you, you know, that, that means it's kind of like that's our starting place. You know, somebody goes to school and they major in psychology. You don't start with psychology 401. You start with 101, you know. So that's what we're going to do, 101. And specifically what we want to start off saying, well, what do we mean by inspiration? You know, it's, it's a term that, you, you know, we might all have different pictures, different things we want to lean into. So I want to talk about specifically what we're talking about here over this 20, 24 year pursuing in Christ. What are we talking about? So again, if you're following in the notes or some places you can jot down, uh, it, insp to inspire is to fill someone with confidence and desire to do something, right? If, to, to inspire somebody is not just filling them with a desire to do something, hey, that's really cool that they do that. But inspiration goes a little bit further, amen? It, 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 it instills a confidence this, into somebody who says, you know, I'm going to step out of where I am and I'm going to start stepping forward into this. Inspire, it kind of gets behind in all the right ways and it, it's kind of like the wind to our back as, as we run our race. Uh, another aspect of inspire is to cause, guide, communicate, or motivate as by divine or supernatural influence. So again, key word in that to look at is the word influence, but to also even more key is the word divine. When we talk about the ultimate picture of inspire, we're talking about uh, we're talking about the living God. We're talking about in light of the fact that God has created us for purpose and, and he's got a, a plan for our lives to prosper, to give a hope and a future. 
You know, so we could talk about, hey, uh, you know, in, in my work world, in the craft that I do, man, this guy is really gifted and that inspires me to be better at what I do. That's one level of inspiration, but really the overarching picture is it comes from God. Right, Every good and perfect gift comes from above. He is the author of everything that's good. He's author of the gifts that he's placed inside of us. So uh, we, we also want to note that with inspiration, uh, there, there's a creative aspect to it. Right, Because to be inspired is to go from someplace you are into a different place. Right, it, it, there's, there's motion to it. And then and as far as defining this, let's add one more thought. And I love that this was in the dictionary because this is kind of my starting point as God was stirring this in my heart. It's breathed in. You can fill that in uh, if you're following in your notes there. Uh, to inspire is to breathe into. And 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all scripture is God-breathed. Depending on the translation and the English that we look at, they'll say all scripture is inspired inspired, God-breathed, really just saying the same thing there. You know, so, so the idea of living inspired in 2024 is to live a God-breathed life where he is breathing into us. We know with Christ as Lord, God dwells in us, but it's to live this life where we are walking in fellowship. We're walking in his anointing. We wrapped up this whole last quarter looking at the Spirit-Filled Life in the NUMA series. We, we want to build off of that and move forward in that, you know. Hey, a little side note too for us, you know, being gathered here, uh, you, you know, after the new year. I want to continue to reinforce for us because I know there's folks who are calling Grace and Peace home that maybe you came from an unchurched background or maybe you came from a background that has a, a different approach to worship and the gifts of the Spirit. And, and so going back to our worship time, you know, I want us to catch a vision and a picture for when we gather together for worship like this, the best thing that we can do is take anything that's agenda in our head and just put it aside. And our worship team and our worship leaders, they have sought God and prayed and they've prepared songs to lead us through, but this would be their perspective. They are, the songs aren't where it ends. Amen. The songs are where it begins. And so we want, want this to become an ongoing safe environment to say, Lord, I just want to pursue you. And so if you're new to that and there's just times of stillness waiting on God, no, that's, that's an opportunity to say, wait a minute, God, you want to talk to me now. Let me lean in to what you're trying to say. You know, that's a part of living an inspired life is, is that as we would gather together in a community, we would live this God-breathed, spirit-filled, not only when we're coming together, but in, in our daily lives as well. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. All right, so, so we just looked at 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, and it, it, actually I think I just looked at 16, all, all scripture is God-breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's also look at 1 Timothy 4, 12. It says, let no one despise you for your youth but set the believers an example 
in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. You know, so this is a picture of basically Paul challenging Timothy, a young pastor. He's saying, live inspired, man. You know, sometimes that as we go through life, you know, and, and we experience more years, if we're not careful, we can get a little cynical. I'll never forget years ago, a minister saying to me, well, Jim, when you get to be my age, let's just not see if you don't feel the same way. And they just had kind of shared some really cynical perspective, you know. Uh, this is Paul speaking to, to Timothy saying, not only don't let yourself fall into that trap, but make sure that you don't let anybody else put out the Spirit's fire. But instead, I mean, it's saying this without using the word, but instead, inspire them. Set an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. You know, you just keep walking this life out. And the good news is, you know, when we live it as an example from the right place for the right reasons, it does begin to influence uh, the, the world that we interact with around us. Amen. Okay, so let's together, let's look at five keys for us to uh, walk out, walk into an inspired life over this next calendar year. Everybody tracking so far? Amen. All right. So number one, uh, living inspired flows from a vision. So again, we talked a lot about vision last week, so we won't go, you know, real long on that for this week, but we need to understand it flows from a vision. The verse we used last week, let's go back to it, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Another translation where uh, for a lack of vision, people cast off restraint. So we, we can kind of flip that around and, you know, so with a vision, we can be restrained, constrained to walk intentionally after every good thing that God wants us to pursue and to be. So, you know, some, some quick thoughts here on vision. Vision is a preferred hope or a dream. It's something that doesn't quite exist in the natural yet, but there's a hope, there's a dream. Uh, hope and faith are key to vision. And the word tells us the definition of faith, faith is the substance of things that are hoped for. So hope and faith are different from each other, but hope is a necessary ingredient to faith. And it's definitely a necessary ingredient for us to have a vision that will flow, that will flow in to live a life that's inspired and God-breathed. So again, creativity is part of this picture because we're seeing something that, that could be in God that isn't yet. Uh, and when we look at a vision, perhaps there is someone or something that inspires us to have a greater vision. You know, I, I can remember years ago as a, as a newer youth pastor getting exposure to a youth pastor that was preaching and uh, being so inspired by this individual that me and one of our interns, uh, this is when I was in North Jersey, drove 18 hours to spend a couple days out at their church and I got to see a picture of youth ministry that I never saw before. And I had a whole new vision of what could be. I had a whole new dream of what we could step into, what God could do if we would just dare to believe him for it. There was a hope, and then that moved into faith. Um, you, you know, sometimes we experience something in life that we get a burden for, and that burden gives us a vision 
to run after something, to bring a solution, to stand against injustice, to stand for justice. You can, you can look at it in so many different ways that something that's a burden can turn into vision. Um, a life experience can inspire vision. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, someone else's life certainly can do it. So, hey, if, uh, just a little side note. If you're having trouble right now saying, I, I don't know that I, I, I'm in a place to, to discern and grab what God's vision is for my personal life or for, for me moving forward, a great thing that you can do is look around. And see a vision that somebody else is running with that you say, I could get on board with that and get on board with that vision and go serve that vision. And I guarantee you, before you know it, you'll start seeing God showing you what's unique to you that he wants you to, to move into. Maybe it's a, a long haul connection with that vision or maybe it's something else that he's going to call you out to. Can you say Amen. So don't be discouraged if you're here today and you're saying, well, I'm still back on, you know, last week when I said I'm in vision blindness and, you know, uh, I'm still seeking God. Just, just be encouraged to know he's got things to say. Uh, he's got things for you. You're not the exception to the rule. Amen. All right, number two, uh, living inspired is maximized through wise stewardship. I love that word maximized. There's just something about it that, you know, it's speaking of moving into the fullness of someone or something's potential. That's to maximize its use. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. What a picture that is to just approach all of life, all that we set our hands to do and say, I'm doing this as worship unto God. I'm doing this as unto you, Lord. By the way, those stubborn bad habits, boy, we put that as a, as a declaration on the front end of that bad habit. Watch how bad it goes away. You know, Lord, this triple deep fried five billion calorie snack that's hurting my body, I eat this as unto you right? It's just harder to go in the wrong direction when we put on the front end, Lord, I want to live in all that I do unto your glory. And then I just want to take a, a little snippet from uh, Matthew 25, where Jesus is sharing the parable uh, of, of the talents and stewardship. And, and just, just acknowledge some things here. In verses 19 and 20, it says, After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you have entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. That, that's maximizing stewardship. That's saying, Lord, what did you put in my hands now and how can I, so you, you have your part in you, I live and move and have my being. You know, it's you working through me, God, but I have my part to play to cooperate with you to see the maximizing of what you have stewarded into my hands. Can you say amen? Right, so as we look at vision, as we look at living inspired, sometimes that's the difference that pushes our life, that pushes the fruitfulness, that pushes our pathway to open up in all that God has for us. The difference is in us leaning in 
Lord, how do I most steward what you've placed in my hands? I'm not talking about striving in the flesh. I'm not talking about getting into worry or dysfunction, anything like that. I'm talking about just simply saying, Lord, I want to go all out for what you have called me to do. You know, so the question, it becomes, Lord, how far do you want to go? Lord, what is it that you want to do? The God who does exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. If I'm asking here and I'm thinking here and you've said that you do far above all I could ask or think, it starts to open our eyes. And when we realize it's him who does it, we're just the vessel, we just allow him to work through us. Now we take away the limitation, whatever we see that we're limited in, God's unlimited. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So here's some things to keep in mind. This path of stewardship, it's a training ground. Right? Because we know as we go back and we, we look at what Jesus taught here on stewardship, he said, hey, hey, the one who, you know, maximized, let's take from the one who did nothing and let's give him all the more. You know, there, there's doors that open as we steward the best we know how. God opens up doors for future things that he wants to do in our lives. So, so stewardship is a pathway, but we got to keep in mind, because it's a pathway, there are times where it's going to be a crucible. You know, so in, in those moments where, it, you know, God is walking us through, whether it's painful, whether it's confusing, whether it's desert, whether it's, uh, you know, kind of spiritually speaking, bombs going off around us, you know, the, the picture, the enemy wants us to say, see, your path is destruction, you're going down. But God says, no, in this, in this crucible, I'm here. I'm the fourth man in the fire, just like we sang about. And you're coming out the other side of this, and guess what? More garbage is going to be purged out of your life. And you're more seasoned and you're more mature. In the spirit, I've broadened your shoulders so that the calling that I want to move you into doesn't crush you. Amen? So, so when, we, when we see these times and we say, what in the world? God is with us in it, and it's a part of the pathway. It's a pathway to the future. Uh, as, as a pastoral team, we've been working on, from this principle, talking about maximizing stewardship, the principle of CANI. That's an acronym, C-A-N-E-I, which stands for Constant and Never-Ending Improvement. And it's just our way of trying to say, let's not just settle, because he's the God who does exceedingly above and beyond all that we could ask or think. How can we take another step? How could it be a little better? How can we more glorify God in the process? And then when we're going through, uh, you know, life and this, this process, you know, let's look at, well, what opportunities do I have here? You know, we want things to go like A, B, or C, but instead they're going E, F, and G. <laughs> we want to look at and say, why? Why? But instead, God is saying, no, what have I created here for you? What? I know for me, when I'm getting slammed, I'm concerned about what's happening to me. The enemy is also concerned about what's happening to me because he wants me to focus on it and he wants to catastrophize it and he wants to pull me out of God's plan. 
But God is wanting to know, he wants to be concerned with what he wants to do in me and through me. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. So how can I learn? How can I grow? What opportunities do I have here? All great when we're looking at this picture of maximizing, uh, living the inspired life, we, we maximize it. Uh, you, you know, by, by just stewarding well. And, you, you know, just back to this picture of, you know, sometimes we look at life in the crucible. Isn't it true that those that we admire most, oftentimes it's we're watching them go through the painful thing? You know, and we see that and we say, wow, because what does it inspire us to do? You know what they got through? I'm going to get through. Come on, can you say amen? You know, so just, just, I believe that's for somebody this morning. Amen. Living inspired, number three, is anchored in purpose. And we talked a lot about purpose last year, but let's just remind ourselves, Hebrews 12.1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. So again, how beautiful that in this room, as believers, we all have certain common things that are a part of our race, that we're running. But then each of us individually and uniquely has things that God has called us to. You know, so let's just be encouraged this morning. God has purpose. Let's pursue his purpose. It might come through passion, through burden, you know, passion for something, a burden for something. Uh, All of that can translate into inspiration and living an inspired life. All right, number four out of these five things we want to look at here today. Living inspired, I like this word. I used it last week and I'm like, I so like it, I got to use it again. It's stoked. Anybody part of the generation that, uh, that we used to say, dude, I'm stoked. It means I'm excited, you know. Living inspired is stoked in the right environment. Remember, to, I'm thinking stoke a fire, you know. You add fuel to it, you tend to it, you stir it up so it keeps going. Living inspired is stoked in the right environment. So here's some things for us to realize. Your environment can become something that either fans inspiration or quenches it. You, good news, you can heavily impact your environment. You can, to a great degree, choose the impact that you have on your environment. Uh, A question we want to ask ourselves, what I'm sowing now, what am I reaping in my environment? You might be saying, what do you mean by environment? Well, this environment here. That's why it's so productive for us to have a reveal class on battlefield of the mind, right? You know, because the mind is an environment. You know, our home, uh, you know, our workplace, our church family. There's, these are all different environments that we're a part of. And, you, you know, in our world, we're used to the, the terminology when it speaks of uh, things not going well, a vicious cycle. But I love the idea that in Christ, we can be inspiring and we can interject a virtuous cycle, you know, in, into our environment. You know, so... Uh, Let me talk for a moment here at the Church of Grace and Peace. Man, it's my dream. It's my vision. It's one of the parts of the vision for us here as a church family. That every person that comes through the doors here would say, that church pulls the best out of me. 
That church is so life-giving. Because I am a part of that church family, uh, there's just, my life got maximized. More than I ever thought God could do in me. More than I ever thought that God could do through me. And we get to do it together as this church family. Now, there might be some here that are saying, yeah, buddy, you got some work on that. You know, (laughs) Uh, we got to realize that's an ideal that we aim at. We're never going to be perfectly that. Because part of our mission and part of our calling is that we are to be a hospital. We we are to be a triage place. We're to be a, a place where people meet Christ. Folks deal with brokenness and trauma and different things. And so we got to come alongside and help people grow. And so in that, there's challenges and there's heaviness and there's different things. There's different levels of maturity. There's different levels of sin that people are allowing in their lives. And all this mixes together. But you know what? I mean, if you've been in our membership class anytime in the last couple of years, if you've been on our leadership, certainly you've heard us say, what we are purposing when we gather together as a church family, that we are a thermostat, not a thermometer, right? So a a thermometer is just going to simply read what is, but a thermostat sets the temperature. So we're talking about, wow, our environment has a great degree to deal with whether or not living inspired is stoked in our life. So we can ask these questions looking behind the scenes. Well, what is it that I want to see in my home? All right, let me purpose to sow those things into that situation. What are the things that I want to see at my church? Well, let's purpose to sow those things. Let me give you what we call, I'm going to do this real briefly, what we call our six pillars of an inspiring culture. And that we just believe that are for us here at this church family. And I think each of these works so well in the home setting and in really any other setting. So number one is honor. Honor. Uh, Honor toward the Lord and then honor toward each other. You know, if you've grown up in the Northeast here, you would agree with me that uh, we almost treat sarcasm like it's a spiritual gift. (laughs) Right? You know, the, the, the unfortunate thing is that, you know, the root of sarcasm is to cut. You know, so if we're not careful, you know, and we're not intentional to say, what is a culture of honor? Well, hey, while, while prayer is going on, what's a culture of honor? We honor that the Lord is being lifted up in prayer. You know, during worship time, we're worshiping, right? What is a culture of honor toward each other? Well, it's not belittling, it's not putting down, it's, it's, it's building up, it's edifying. It's all those things in Scripture that, that Scripture tells us to do, to build each other up, to love one another, to be patient with each other. All these, you know, myriad of things, and we're, we're going to talk more about it. But, ah, oh, culture of honor, what does that look like in all the facets of, of our lives, right? Excellence is the second pillar that we're aiming at, and that is to, to do the best we can with what we have, believing God that He's going to open up more as we're faithful to him and just keep stewarding well. Servanthood is the third one. And our definition of servanthood is that we go to heroic lengths to serve people and to serve each other. Next one is what I call A plus attitude. 
you know, the proper attitude. Uh, uh, and, and we're going to get into, we'll talk a little bit about that more in the weeks to come, but just an attitude that is going to inspire, not an attitude that's going to put out. How many would agree, even that word attitude, you know exactly what I'm talking about. An attitude can either lift up and fan, or it can be a wet blanket, you know, and the enemy knows that a negative attitude can spread far more quickly than a positive one. You know, so uh, this is probably one of the more important areas. I think a culture of honor and A-plus attitude, they're going to kind of feed the rest of these really, really well. Then you see, uh, again, in your notes, growth, because we're all called to grow. We're all called to, you know, uh, move into maturity in Christ. And then this last one, the dreaded, another, another A, accountability. I have found over the years, and I, I find this to be more and more true with every month and year that goes by, people will amen accountability, but they do not want to embrace when it's pointed back at them. It's so much easier to say they need to be accountable. It's a whole different thing for us to receive accountability. And yet, in a culture of honor with an A-plus attitude, accountability can be one of our greatest friends to help us become all that God has called us to be. Amen. Amen. All right, let's look at our last one, and then we're going to take communion together. Uh, living inspired. Now, I, I saved, you know, I tried to be uber spiritual here. The last will be first, and the first will be last. So I really want this last one to be first, because this is really where inspiration starts. Living inspired is birthed in encounter. It's God-breathed. You know, so going to church... As much as there's beneficial aspects, and we absolutely passionately champion that, do not forsake assembling together. Somewhere there needs to be an encounter with the living God. That is what it's all about. You know, and when there is an encounter with him, and it can't be the encounter that we set up a monument to that we move away from. Right? It has to be an encounter that becomes a daily living, ongoing encounter with, with, with God. And then in that, that is going to inspire and water all of these other areas in our lives. I, I love it in Acts 4.13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Let's look on the other side of this. As this wasn't in my notes, but, but this is the, the other side. The, the seven sons of Sceva who saw Paul who had an encounter with Jesus, who was living and walking with Jesus. He saw Paul casting out demons. You know, and these sons, you know, in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. Let's translate that. In the name of the Jesus that I've not had an encounter with. And that devil knew it, turned around and said, what did he just say? And what did they just say? There were seven of them, stripped their clothes off, sent them out, beat up and naked, running away. We, we can't, we can't, religion without encounter uh, is desperate, right? It's desert, it's dry. It's, that was never meant to be. But living relationship out of which flows our faith and our practices, then that becomes life-giving. That becomes salt and light to the world around us. 
Amen. So how do we cultivate that? Well, last week we spoke about our gap word challenge, and that was let's endeavor to be in the word every day over this next calendar year and watch what God does in that. And realize as we're in the word, we are constantly being um, stoked, if I could say it again, on the idea of who is God, who are we, and where are we going? And then we don't lose sight of it because we're keeping in on it. And his word is alive and active and, and doing awesome things. But then in worship, you know, like times like this morning, I thought that was so sweet. And I thought, Lord, how interesting that we start this year off in just this. I mean, we almost could have just camped out. This really almost got reflective and, you know, kind of making a little altar to the Lord of worship in our seats. And, and you know, just real sweet because we encounter God in worship. God inhabits the praises of his people. And then in prayer, when we're gathered in community, where two of you are together in my name, I'm in the midst, right? He says, amen. And then as we're serving him, these are all just different ways where, you know, we are, we're fanning that relationship with him. So if you didn't hear about, and I have to say a little quick testimony, I personally have been so encouraged over this last week on just the little bit of testimony I've gotten of people saying, I was inspired last week. I got a new Bible. Always inspired on that. I got a Bible that I'm going to use for reading in the Word this next year. Uh, people um, jumping on saying, hey, I got this cool Bible plan. As a matter of fact, somebody shared, well, actually my wife's plan. I'm like, all right, I'm already in mind for this year, but I think I'm going to do that one next year. So like 2025, man, I'm already like getting into 2025, you know. But then I got to tell you what, what, what's the best out of all of it is having a conversation. Hey, here's what God spoke to me in my Word time this week. Church, do you realize the one thing that we have with, with each other in here that we don't have with the world is we're going to spend eternity together as brothers and sisters, as children of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so there's lots of things I enjoy talking about and there's lots of things that I enjoy fellowshipping on, but how sweet it is for us to be talking about, here's what God's speaking to me. What's God speaking to you? Because we're together stirring each other up. That is inspiring. Amen. So of these five keys, this one is, is where it starts. A personal time with the Lord. And then out of that is, is certainly going to go back to that first point. Vision and all these things moving through. Um, and, and you know, speaking earlier, 2024 in the natural is not presenting itself to be a year of flowery beds of ease <laughs> could wind up being in the natural trying to throw at us worse to times. But you want to know what? Let me, let me encourage us with this in Daniel 11.32. Second part of the verse, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Hallelujah. Amen. Worst of times, but the best of times. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, before we get into communion here, let's look at one more thing. What are some hazards to inspiration that we want to watch out for? Pitfalls that we want to watch, watch out for and over this next year? Well, first, let's just acknowledge any of these five go into neglect. We're starting to suffocate inspiration from our lives. 
Right? Obviously, if I've not had that encounter with God, the one who inspires, the one who knows me, the one who put the gifts inside of me, the one who said I am fearfully and wonderfully made, if I don't even know him, I've not even started the adventure. Right? But then from there, it's if I've lost vision, people perish because of a loss of vision. They cast off restraint. They get confused. They get lost in wandering. You know, so those five areas, we want to take a look. That's a great takeaway from this morning. So, hey, are these things on the radar? And I wouldn't say work with God in all five at once. I would say which one is most important and come out of this service today saying, Lord, with you, let's uh, focus on this together with you and then see where he wants to take it from there. But let me just say what, three other things that can quench inspiration if we're overwhelmed, overstressed, or burnt out. And I say this, I just, you, you know, this last calendar year talking about living on purpose I really believe, I was very sober to one of the things that I believe God was speaking very loudly uh, was that it's an important time for us to have gotten the clutter out of our lives. And as we do the exercise of purposing to live intentionally based on our priorities and what God has called us to, most of us live way overscheduled, way overcommitted. And so a lot of times there's urgent things that are pulling us every which way and the important things are suffering. And then what happens on the other side of that, we're overwhelmed or we're overstressed or then, then even long enough at that, then we get burnt out. You know, and there is a physical aspect to that. I, I, I really try to endeavor to live out what I preach and I got to tell you what I'm about to say, I've had to repent on and I am repenting on. There need to be rhythms of rest. There need to be rhythms of Sabbath in our lives. I know that's part of Sunday morning for many folks. But our world has created 24-7 for us. God has not designed the human anatomy to go 24-7 indefinitely forever. So if we want to run long haul for him, you know, and burnout is a very real thing. It's a biological thing. It's a solical thing. And it's a spiritual thing. And the way somebody recovers out of that is to push stuff back and let there be a rest and a healing process in the Lord. Come on, can you say amen? I feel like that's for not somebody, but for somebody's. <laughs> Uh, to make sure that we don't get into driven life. So as we get motivated on living inspired, it, it is really essential for us to have, I mean, think about it. Sabbath was thrown. I understand the scriptures tell us Jesus is our Sabbath rest, but uh, it's one of the 10 commandments that there would be Sabbath, that there would be Sabbath principle in our lives. So just for whoever needs to be, uh, I pray, either encouraged or maybe just a little bit of a sober correction on that as God has been dealing with me uh, to make sure that we schedule in those times where there is rest. Can you say amen? amen. All right. So let's grab our communion. And I just want to invite you... Uh, I want to invite you, like we did last week, to join me at the altar, and let's take communion together. And the joining me at the altar would just simply be saying, Lord, I want to give 2024 into your hands, and by your grace, I want to live inspired. 
And realize that as you live inspired, you will live inspiring. Yeah, so whenever you're ready, you just come on down and, and then we'll meet up at the altar here. And I, I had said at the end last week that I thought maybe this was going to be a time of going around and laying hands. That's not specifically what I'm feeling, uh, but there are some things I feel like we have to pray. Uh, so I just want to be really sensitive. And I would just ask uh, just our, our intercessors and our prayer folks if you'd be praying. And then also uh, just if any of our pastors uh, have any, any kind of word that you feel like God is wanting to give, like, the, you know, we'll... We'll be ready for that in just a minute. So yeah, I just want to give everybody a chance. I know we got our kids in that this is family communion di you know, day today. So kind of cool if you want to just, you know, gather in, in whatever part of family is here. And just let's give ourselves over into the Lord's hands. And, you know, I had said earlier, all of this starts with an encounter with God. If we haven't met Jesus as Lord and Savior, we've not begun the journey yet. You know, and again, for me, part of my testimony, I knew all about Jesus for 19 years of my life, but it wasn't until 19 that I went from knowing about him to inviting him to be Lord and Savior of my life, responding to his invitation uh, to the cross to meet him there. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer that just affirms and acknowledges, Jesus, you are Lord and Savior of my life. And uh, whether you're just affirming that all around this room today, hey, Lord, in 2024, yes, you are. Or maybe you're, you're saying, I've been away. He's been my Savior, but not my Lord. And I'm um, today acknowledging you're my Lord, afresh and anew. Maybe you've never done it before. Then today will be your day to, to invite Christ. The Bible tells us that if we believe in our heart and confess him with our mouth, that we will be saved Biblically speaking, what it says is then the Lord takes up occupancy on the inside. That's why the term born again is used by Jesus and then used in the New Testament because we become, become brand new. Salvation, Christianity, is not a Band-Aid put on our life. It's, it's being given a new nature. How's that for inspired? Oh, my goodness. Brand new nature. So I'm going to lead us, and then I'm, I'm going to just invite you... Uh, the body was broken so that we could be whole. The blood was shed so that our sin could be forgiven. So sin would no longer have dominion over us. So that we would be made whole and all that would chain us is now, it's been handled at the cross. So if there's anything going on in your life where you're saying, but that's, that's not what I'm walking out, well then we, by faith, Say, Lord, because of what you did in the breaking of your body and in the shedding of your blood, I say I'm whole. I say I'm free because of what you did. So Jesus, this morning, we are just so grateful. We are so grateful as we hold this communion and all that it represents for what you did on the cross for us. To, to think that we were created to know and walk with you, to walk with the Father. And you did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. You ransomed us back so that we could be made brand new. This great price that was paid. Jesus, your body broken so we could be whole. Your blood shed so we could be forgiven. Our debt paid and made free. Jesus, this January 7th morning, 
we confess, Lord, whether it's for the first time or just for the first Sunday in this new year, it is our confession. You are who you said you are. You're the son of God. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead for our sin and the sin of the world. And we say yes to you. We turn away from all that is sin. And we declare your wholeness because of your broken body. And we declare our freedom because of your shed blood. It's in Jesus' name we pray and partake. Amen. Now, don't go anywhere. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So, Father, gathered at this altar this morning in, in this moment of communion with you and with each other, we give 2024 into your hands. God, we thank you for all that you've been and all that you've done in our lives up to this point. And we lay all that is in store for this year before you. As we sang this morning, we say that we trust you. We say, Lord, that our eyes are on you. And God, we're asking both individually and then together as a church family that we hunger for fresh an ongoing encounter with you. Lord, may it be in all of, as we talked about environment, every environment, fresh encounter in our mind, in our personal lives. God, let it be fresh encounter in our homes. Fresh encounter of all that we put our hands to do. All that would be called our vocation. Everything that would be ministry and all of our coming and going. Lord, we pray that there would be fresh encounter with you. And Lord, as we began to declare last week, we continue to thank you for fresh vision from heaven. Thank you for releasing fresh vision. Thank you for healing any place where we've been stuck in blind and nearsighted and farsighted and hindsighted. Thank you for clear 2020 vision from heaven. Lord, help us to dream and to steward this next year, the days, the weeks, the months. Lord, those mountaintops, let us be able to take them in and soak them in. Those valleys, those crucible times. Thank you for what you're doing in us. Breathe on our circles of influence, our environments, God. Lord, in these five different key areas that we looked at here today, we pray that you'd breathe, that you'd move, that you would freshly inspire us, God. Any that are confused on purpose, thank you for opening our ears to hear you, our eyes to see you. 
and we've done things like this before, but let's, um, let's also take a moment just to push out any place where the enemy has been given room. Amen? For ourselves, for each other. And so God, I thank you. Even as we have partaken in communion today for the precious blood of Jesus. You know, church family, I was just reading the the Voice of the Martyrs has a magazine where they share just different stories of heroic faith and difficult situations. And there was a a young lady in uh, Sierra Leone that was part of this wicked, wicked cult. Uh, And she was being groomed to become like the next leader in this cult. And there was really weird demonic stuff that was going on. Before this young lady, her name got changed to to Miracle. Her her name became Miracle after she met the Lord. But before she met the Lord, she she testified of this. As she would look to work against Christians, she couldn't because there was something blocking her. She didn't know what it was. You know, but just know that you are covered. And anything that the enemy says otherwise is just a lie to try to rob from you. So I thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Your blood that cleanses. Thank you for your blood that protects and keeps. And we just declare over your people now that no weapon formed against you will prosper in the name of Jesus. We speak now in agreement against every assignment that has come against the body of Christ, individually, corporately, families, in any way. We say you're exposed, you're found out. We cancel you assignments with the authority and power that's in the name of Jesus. We speak to every lie of the enemy and we call you exposed now in Jesus' name. And we break every pattern of thinking, every mindset, every construct that exalts itself against the knowledge of God right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we agree and we pray, Holy Spirit, as that gets pushed away, Let there be a peace that passes understanding. Lord, fill your people. Fill your people. Let the seed of the word that's been sown in each heart, Lord, let it bring great harvest, great fruit in every life. And so, God, we just give you praise. We give you praise. Just before we wrap, is there any from our pastors that have anything you want to add or throw in? Pastors? Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I think the Lord wants us to take a prophetic step forward. Amen. Amen. Karen said that she believes the Lord wants us to take a prophetic step forward. You know what the prayer this morning is that we would be inspired by him. And that was not only to see something that we say, wow, but to have the confidence to take a step. So how many would say, I don't have to have the confidence in me. I just have to have the confidence in him. Amen. So if that, that, that ministers to you and that speaks to you, I know some are pretty close to the, to the front here, but yeah, why not? Let's just, why not just take that step, right? 
Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. And we take a step forward in you, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I think there are even some that your, your assignment is going to be during the week, you're going to be in your home. The enemy is going to start lying, and you're going to say, I take another step, devil. In the name of Jesus, glory to you, Lord. Amen? I take another step, right? There will be some, hear me, you will leave here, and the enemy will say, oh, really? Don't be intimidated by the circumstance. Just take a step. Well, that was good, Karen. Yep. Just take that step. Keep, keep taking that step. And, and, you know, we were reminded today in worship, remember, praise. Praise is your place to get just under that shield afresh and anew. Amen. 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 Bless you, Lord.